0: Welcome aboard the BK Escape Pod. That's right, it's the augmented and bionic podcast version of the live show you can hear Saturdays from 10 a.m. till 12 p.m. Eastern on 100.3 FM and AM 1450 WBHF Radio. You can stream the show live there Saturdays at WBHFradio.org or on the free TuneIn app. Look out! Here we go! Portions of this show have been pre-recorded. Uh, yeah, it's a podcast rebroadcast. All of it is pre-recorded.
1: You big dummy. Stand by to receive our transmission. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. That are alive. you are coming with me.
2: force will be with you, always.
1: As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly.
0: See, this is the kind of day that I'm waiting for was today. This is the first day that I was actually able to take um, you know, put on some. Well, I've worn shorts before today, but I got my shorts on, I got my sandals on. It's gonna be warm today, it's gonna to be in the 80s today, and uh, I think it's great because later on, like uh, like coming up, uh, weather, you know, that no one's this is not gonna make any sense. Someone listen to this podcast like six weeks from now or something like that, but right. it's gonna be Christmas, day. one of the first weekends in the past few next few days, gonna hit the 90s, which I'm looking forward to, and I love that. Man, it's great. Hey, it's BK on the air. In case you're wondering what you're listening to, it is I. It's BK on the air here on AM 1450 and 100.3 FM WBHF. Inside the studio with me today is my buddy Walt Into Darkness, is with me here today. What's going on? How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. I survived
3: three hours of uh,
0: running the board <laughs> during West Coast. Guest up hosting another show. And, uh,. Well, it's the, all downhill from here. For, for the uninitiated, tell everybody why you got the the moniker "Walt into Darkness." Why do we give you that nickname? What, what? Why did you get that? It's a very interesting story. by well, the Well, I was we fortunate lead off
3: enough to uh, to win a a contest on Facebook, and I got a walk on on the JJ Abrams. Uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. And the, and, uh, the second Star Trek the second movie, one, the Wrath of Khan remake. Yeah.
0: The Wrath of Khan remake. Yes. yes. It was, so was that, so that was a, I didn't know that I went all this time and didn't know it was a Facebook thing. Yeah. I thought it was like, wasn't one in the back of a cereal box or anything? It was no. More like a, th- the funny wow. thing is
3: we were kind of having a discussion awesome. in my
0: office about whether
3: people read ads on Facebook. <laughs> and that afternoon I was like, oh, here's an interesting ad on Facebook. So I clicked on it and had to answer five questions about a J.J. Abrams movie i had never seen to that point, which is uh, Super 8. Which I have which, seen. Which since is actually then. a good movie. It is a it was great movie. JJ
0: Abrams slash Steven Spielberg yes. adventure. It is a really good movie. It is good really movie. good. I kinda like it. was like E.T. Yeah. E. with a twist kind yeah. of whatever, but yeah. it was nice, yeah. Absolutely. So uh, so you did that?
3: Yeah, so I did that and they uh, they flew me out and I went through costuming wow. and <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, got to spend a day on the set, and my mug is right in the middle <laughs> of the face in the crowd as the uh, as the starship crashes into the crowd they and out They can see
0: you as the giant Ugly USS Vengeance ship that yes. Peter Weller, his character, hijacks or whatever in the film, right? And he brings it and, it, and it's crack. It's going to crash. It crashes into Alcatraz Island and bounces off of that, yes. right? Yeah. And then it's headed towards San Francisco to crash. And then it cuts to a scene of, of a bunch of Starfleet people in the middle of San Francisco. And as the camera pans back, you go right into center center shot as the camera comes back on you, looking in horror at a special effect that you had no idea what was going to look like until right. you saw the film. We were just told, just and you're in the film,
3: like looking at 9 11 happened or yeah, something was, else crazy it was so i kept thinking they were going to call me back as uh you know the new captain as, in, the, in the next well episode. i was thinking more like the remake of mud's women <laughs> that i would harry play harry mudd. mudd that would be great and, yeah uh, yeah but haven't gotten that call yet so i'm hey, waiting on jj to could, give me a holler you know, hey, they're so. still thinking
0: about what they're going to do with the next star trek film you could get the call yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. all i'm saying is don't forget your pals if oh, uh, if you make it in that yeah. film, yeah, I'd like to at least play a guy that gets killed. That would be great. You know, if I could be in a Star Trek and get killed. I will disingenuously
3: <laughs> say, oh, I will never forget my my
0: pals but no if i hit right, it big in hollywood
3: man i'm going to be the most obnoxious uh you know <laughs> don't do that
0: no don't do that we always make fun of that no, no could you i mean could you see me in a, like a like, velour like, suit like, i want barbecue on the set at all times with a cup of coffee in my hand and minute i leave the set
3: and two m&ms on a pitchfork <laughs>
0: gold plate with gold <laughs> yes. edible gold on it so somehow yeah. I just don't see that being me well I, i'm not i'm not many people can say that but i do have i do have a friend that comes on the air with me you That was in a Star Trek movie. That's great that you were in that. And you said it was very, if you don't mind us talking about it, well, we'll get to the actual show here. Well, this is the actual show, what I was going to talk about later, but we'll we'll get to it. What it was like on the set. I heard you you said J.J. Abrams talked to all the extras. He was as nice as he could be to everybody. It was great. Anytime anybody has anything critical to say about J.J.,
3: I mean, I understand some of the artistic stuff. But as a person is one of the nicest people i've ever met absolutely one of the nicest people um talks to everybody remembers people's names um it's good to ask extras he he came out at one point and we had all been running in a direction and doing something i don't know what the person had done but jj comes walking out and he's like hey what were you doing and i was like oh that guy's about to get chewed out by Uh jj abrams and the guy said well i was like that and he goes wow okay that's a really good idea but take two steps to the left do it right there that way you're more in the center of the shot and i was like here's jj abrams <laughs> he's using the guy's idea but just getting him in the right place getting him can in the right place yeah, and that's just great and, and i mean like that guy was walking two feet off the ground the rest of the day wow like, that's fantastic to hear but that but jj just has that way about him of just bringing everybody in it's a big team
0: effort we're
3: all, right. all in this together so it's still just a lot of fun which is true guy. though when you're making and, a
0: movie and his whole crew cool. is that same way just nicest people that's great. I'm glad you're here to, to share the story about it because that's something that I don't. I've never been able to say. You know, being on a set of a real of an actual Star Trek film, and it's it's the remakes, uh, it's the reboots. So I, I I may not care for them as much as the old Star Trek, but I would never turn down a chance to be in one. That would be an experience like you wouldn't believe. And well, sounded, and, it, and it's great, great to
3: be time. able to say that I was in a movie with Leonard Nimoy. <laughs>
0: you didn't actually share a scene I with him, but you're in not, the same film. I did not meet
3: him. I, yeah. But I was in a movie with Leonard
0: Nimoy. That's great. And you and you were fl- you didn't really it didn't really cost you anything you got flown out there oh gosh no, they took care of me
3: I think I bought um a couple of meals <laughs> but great. I'd have bought a couple of meals anyway
0: <laughs> were they were they crazy Did you try to take any photos while on set You were told no cameras oh
3: they were very they no yeah, I would have been crazy. executed yeah uh, if I you now towards the end at the end of the day they were you know they took a couple of pictures I think I've posted good or two of them and um of me in costume with well
0: my, speaking of movies I want to hit on this today because we talked about this last week when we when we when we finished up the last program is there was a question posted. And by the way, the number seven seven zero three eight six fourteen fifty. 1450 if you want to call us live today on the air and add to whatever we happen to be talking about here with BK on the air. And hello to everyone at fistfulofradio.com uh, as well. Um, someone posted a question on Twitter last Thursday and I was reading how you know it's about movies and stuff. I'm like, oh I'm pretty good at answering this question, but I couldn't answer this one. Or rather I had too many answers for it. The question was, what's your favorite movie ending of all time? Right. And I'm like, oh uh, okay and then I just started saying things. I'm like, no, I don't wanna knee-jerk answer this quickly. And then I come up and I, and I thought about it for a week. I'm like, I can't answer it right now. So now I've compiled it compiled it down to a bunch of honorable mentions <laughs> and I have three big ones that I gotta choose from. And I'll tell all that today and you can tell yours too. We'll talk about that. Coming up today on the program. Got a MeTV quiz for you later on. We'll talk about that, too. And uh, uh, a lot of things coming up. The Hawaiian shirts are making a comeback, too. Do you have any notes in the closet? VK on there. We'll be back.
1: We'll return after these announcements. There's a secret. Shh, shh. Where's the
2: secret? Shh. Secrets
1: at your fingertips is Arthur Treacher's Fish and Chips How do we make the meal you can't make at home? What makes our fish fillets so crunchy? Are chips like french fries outside and baked inside? We'll never tell
2: There's a secret here tonight Real good secret here tonight Clap your hands and smack your lips For Arthur Treacher's Original Fish and Chips Shh!
0: You're listening to BK on the Air. Now back to a guy who put me through a lot of pain in childbirth. I'm his mother, I should know, but I love him anyway. It's BK on the Air.
4: Greetings, fellow classic TV fans. In 1964, a single-season Hanna-Barbera cartoon joined the ranks of the Flintstones and the Jetsons in a primetime slot. It was called Johnny Quest. And how's this for a mouthful for the genre? An original American science fiction adventure animated television series. And here's one I've surprisingly never heard of before. Spy-Fi. No wonder I loved it. Full of action and intrigue, the realism of the animation was a true artistic breakaway from the usual Hanna-Barbera productions. With Diverse main characters, the 11-year-old Johnny was usually joined in his adventures by his adopted brother, Haji, and of course their bulldog, Bandit. His scientific genius father, Dr. Quest, was portrayed for most of the episodes by popular voice actor Don Messick. Messick also did Bandit, and why not? He was also the voice of Scooby-Doo. The special agent charged with the protection of the Quests was Race Bannon. He reportedly was modeled off the 1940s and 50s movie star Jeff Chandler. The voice of the original Johnny was actor Tim Matheson. You may remember him as Otter from Animal House and also as Captain Loomis-Berghead in Spielberg's 1941. Clearly, Johnny Quest covered a lot of bases and thus was so powerful that the single 26-season episode actually led to 20 years of reruns. It also made its way through all three of the major networks. For BK On The Air, this is Pat McCormick with the Golden Rage of TV.
0: Music, immediately when you hear it, that whole like jazzy uh, band of Johnny Quest music. Yeah, I'm you like, know exactly what that is. That's cool, is, man. Crank so. that
3: music. Yeah, is that 70s uh, beatnik
0: or 60s, right? Or right, 60s, right? Yeah. 60s exactly. yeah. yeah, good old Johnny Quest. We were just talking off the air, and Pat was talking about uh, Johnny Quest uh, people. I remember people getting killed on johnny quest did they not johnny I quest they, was, uh, it was a little violent, it was a little violent. <laughs> compared to today cartoons and oh today. yeah so, yeah johnny quest what a great uh what a great show and i again i was too young to see it when it was new so i caught it in the 70s in syndication and uh, it was one of the be- to me it was one of the best things hanna-barbera put out no doubt about well, it johnny quest well we talked about uh movies and stuff before we went to the break and i was trying my best i was running through Oh man, I was pulling my hair, and I got a lot of hair. I got—it's one thing I haven't lost. I've lost my mind, and <laughs> a little yes. bit of my vision, but not a lot. I don't need glasses yet, but I have to pull. I have to. Sometimes I get to where I have to throw things in the floor to read them. I get that from my dad. Yes. Uh, but the one thing that I haven't lost is hair. I got facial hair. I got a full head of hair. Thanks, thanks to my mom's side of the family. I was pulling out my hair all week trying to come up with my favorite movie endings and if you weren't listening earlier last week we were talking about what was what's your favorite most spectacular ending to a movie now i've seen over five six thousand movies in my life i tried to make a list one time and and i stopped at like five fifty one hundred movies but that's i mean i wasted a lot well i don't consider it wasting time but some of it was wasting time but i've seen a lot of movies good and bad and to pick a great ending to a film, it doesn't have to be a happy ending. It could be like the most shocking ending. What is the most spectacular ending to a film, good or bad or weird or horrific or, or, or revealing or shock, that you could think of? And I, I'm going to start with my honorable mentions. These are ones that, that were just coming to my head to begin with when I started thinking about this. Some of the movies that came to mind for me for the endings were, okay, Old Yeller. Yeah. What an ending. And if you're not familiar with some of these movies, look great, them up or go watch ending. them. Their endings are, are, are incredible. Of course, The Sixth Sense is on there. Big twist ending at the end, which I kind of figured it out when I watched it the first time. Uh, my nephew was crazy. He goes, "How do you figure out these movies?" I'm like, "Well, some of them I can just tell." Because I told him, I said, "I'm I'm I'm older than you are. I'm 35 years older than you. I've seen a bunch of more movies than you have. So right. you'll be able to do it too when you get older." I don't mean it wasn't a bad movie. It was still a good movie. The 1978 version of The Invasion of the Body Snatchers with Donald Sutherland. Did you see that? Great The movie. remake? Did you remember yeah. the ending yeah. where he looks? She thinks he's she's going up to see him at the end. She's like, hey. Uh, she comes up behind him. He just turns around and looks at her and screams like an alien. And that yes. was the end. It was shocking. That was a shocking ending. It was a remake. It was shocking. The Sam Peckinpah was a great director. He directed a movie called The Wild Bunch. Do you remember The Wild yeah. Bunch? Yeah, great movie. It, it was a it was a it, it, people say it's a western but it kind of was a sort of a western it was about a bunch of cowboys who were still cowboys when 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 the cowboy era was over right because in the wild bunch there's a there's an automobile in it and they're trying right. they're planning their last train robbery or whatever to get to get money or whatever and it's a great character study uh the ending of the wild bunch is incredible scarface with al pacino there's an ending there's a great that's ending. a great ending yeah. the godfather has a has a A heck of an ending. Alan's second favorite on his list was The Usual Suspects. That was one of my honorable mentions. Again, twist ending. Kaiser Sose, Kevin Spacey. Who saw that coming? Uh, 2001, A Space Odyssey. Like it or don't like it, it's got a heck of an ending. Some people didn't understand it, but it was a spectacular ending. And for a movie
3: that has some parts that
0: really drag, it (laughs) ended well. Yeah. Star Wars. I said this last week. Star Wars has a fantastic ending. Now, we're Star Wars fans. We love we love the Star Wars universe. But the original film, if they never made another one, what an ending that was. Yeah. They s- saved the princess, destroyed the big weapon, the Death Star. Luke became a hero at the end. They all come together at the end. Everyone cheers, and they get a medal, and that's the end. Yep. that's a That's a wonderful ending to a movie. People say, I love Star Wars too much. Well, you can't deny that. Even though I'm a big fan of Star Wars, it still has a great ending. You could you could not like the movie too much. but go, oh yeah, it's got a great ending though. So that's just some of my honorable mentions. Do you have any that just come to mind? Not that maybe maybe not your. will we'll lead up to your big one. But what are some of your endings? I know you probably agree with a lot of these that I just said. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, Alan loves the. He said last week. He he could actually say it last week. He said that. And Alan's not here today, by the way. He's on probation. He's suspended for a couple of days. <laughs> but <he's, laughs> he'll be back Monday. Walked out of the station. Bartos Morning News, but they, um. The Princess Bride was his favorite ending, which was an interesting choice. I wouldn't have thought yeah. of that one, but he's it's, it's got a great ending, but that's his favorite ending. What are some of the ones that come to mind with you? Now, by, I'll tell you my top three coming up that i got to choose for one from, and I, it's hard for me to choose from these three. Not a lot of people may have heard one of, them, one of the ones I've got.
3: You know, the first two, I did not like the ending when I first saw them. So, but there were still spectacular kind of endings right right the, and,
0: even if very meaningful endings so Gran torino Gran torino Clint yes Eastwood. what a, that's a great ending to a movie it is I, it's, it's it's a downer ending it is but it's got a dual it's kind of a downer ending but uplifting as well Right, because he 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 does what he does at the end. He knows he's dying of cancer. Mm-hmm. If you've never seen the character, it's Clint Eastwood playing an old guy that's fed yeah. up with everything, and he's, he's, he's obviously got cancer and he's terminal. He's going to die. But it's very redemptive. But he because kind he, of sacrifices himself to save this kid that he's yeah. really become friends with,
3: and to keep the kid, a kid, from kid dying. who he really did not like, and exactly. family that he did not like. So that was a big one. And then it's um, a very
0: emotional ending it really is, is yeah
3: and very redemptive and so it's it's a great great ending and and then he gives the car to the kid
0: i mean that's yep. kid uh, gets you know. the car at the end yeah the, and, and the little the little granddaughter's mad too at the reading of the will i'm like little what, little a, what a brat, a brat.
3: <laughs> and then uh, the end of saving private ryan i, right. I did yeah. not like that as much but then right. uh as i've watched it since then just uh, when he turns to his wife and says have i been a good man and right you know have have i done what captain miller asked me to do as he gave his life for me that is powerful that that is really painful and then oddly the end of wrath of khan because that's a great ending it is a great ending and when uh you know you've lost spock that um that great relationship the great friendship between he and and kirk is is now gone And they're looking at what is being created out of this mess that has just happened. The Genesis thing. Yeah, Yeah. the Genesis thing. And and then they say, you know, she says, well, how are you? And he says, I feel young. Yeah. And through the whole movie, it had been... He feels old. He feels old. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he has his purpose back. Yeah. So those are, you know, kind of you have to look beyond... The fact right. that you know of what is going on, but those are three that I thought of off the top of my head, and and those are movies that I keep going back to. Um Also, Empire Strikes Back. I really like the end of that movie, even though it's kind of a dark ending.
0: Oh, it's kind of Act Two of a three act. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: But you still get the sense
0: of there's more coming. Really? Because I would choose it's a I, bigger. I would, yeah. Thing. Not knowing there's a third film. Would make it would make oh, it be- yeah. worse because you know yeah. there's another one's part of right. the story coming. Right, we knew coming. that there yeah. was more coming. Right, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: But then you also have just had the reveal of. You know, I mean, Vader and a Vader Luke, in, yeah. in that relationship right. and kind of blew that universe open
0: and the very last shot is the Falcon going off to go yep. look for Han and they're standing there and the music comes up yeah yeah and
3: I think just wow. the anticipation of what's coming wow. next
0: to me has always been now is your favorite ending powerful... of all time out of one of those or do you have a separate one you're leading up to that's your favorite ending that you that you figured out is your favorite of all time you know I have a lot of very disappointing endings <laughs> um, but which in themselves may be in, impactful endings yeah, you know, yeah even yeah. a real bad ending is a Powerful ending, I guess, unless, it it's, can just be, big unless it's just a mistake by the writers yeah. or something. Yeah. And you do
3: have a few of those. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, you know, movies can really impact me. I, I would have to think about what is the most impactful ending, but uh, there have been a lot of them. I, I, but I think that Private Ryan ending is probably. So, one you're, you're leaning
0: toward? Yeah, it's probably the biggest, most impactful. I would I would agree with that too. If I, I I for some reason I put a caveat on my list to leave biopics and true stories off yeah. because they, and, and only for the reason is they're already built in endings. They're 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 usually what right. could really happen. Which that's nothing wrong with that at all. I just chose to leave. And them Private all. Ryan
3: was not but. necessarily a
0: biographical sketch, but it is based it was, loosely on something based on that a, happened. Based yeah. on a true story, yeah. yeah. If you want to call with yours, I'll, 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 we're going to take a break, and we'll flash the audience when we come back. I'll wait till after we flash the audience to reveal the top three that I've got, and I've got to try to make myself pick one out of these three. I may not. I, I may just say no. These are the three ones that I have to pick. I have to pick three, but that's kind of cheating. But we're going to take a break here at the bottom of the hour, and we'll come back and flash the audience of the news, the weird, the strange, and the bizarre. And Walt in the Darkness is here with me today, so we'll sh- we'll pass them back and forth and share them. There's some doozies on here today. That's really are. cool. Uh, Bk on there. Uh, when we come back, we'll do that. We'll talk about how Hawaiian shirts are making a comeback. And I read a statistic that you know that more humans eat bananas than monkeys. Really? I did not know that. I eat more bananas than I eat monkeys. Yeah, and I'm with you. I don't even like uh, the taste of monkeys. Yeah, monkeys. monkeys. Down there. <laughs> A double pleasure is waiting for you. A double pleasure for double this gum. A double great feeling. Making you really alive.
2: Double is the one for you. Double, pressure. Oh, double, oh, double, oh, double oh, fresh. Double smooth. Double to chew. Oh, A double pleasure oh, double a double in for you Light, light, making things with light. light, light making things
1: light, light. the toy that lets you create beautiful pictures with light.
2: Light,
1: light, making things with light. Work with colorful pegs that glow with light, light bulb not included. Make people, animals, things, and with refills, Bugs Bunny or Bozo the Clown. Light, light, making things with light. You can make lots of pretty pictures with Lightbright from Hasbro. Milton. Hi. Uh, could you turn that down just a little bit? But well, I, I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume from 9 to 11. Yeah, yeah. no, no, I, I know you're allowed to. I, uh, I was just thinking maybe like a, you know, personal favor. Well, I, 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 I told Bill that if, if Sandra's going to listen to her headphones... While she's, while she's falling, then I should be able to listen to the radio while I'm collating, uh-huh. so I don't see why okay. I should have to turn down the radio because yeah, all right, okay. I enjoy listening. And now back to the guy who can actually walk and chew gum at the same time. It's BK
0: on the air. Hey, we're back. It's BK on the air here on AM 1450 and 100.3 FM. WBHF, Walt in the Darkness is here with me. He's uh, he's doing that cool nodding to the music in the background. <laughs> you can't see nodding on the radio, but he's over having a good time because you're, uh, you're kind of... You filled in for Alan on his show earlier this morning. Now you're kind of filling in for him on my show, because you're so you're the fill-in today. That's right. You want a great right. job so filling the, in. The, the disruptor, if you will. Alan will be back Monday. He's uh, on probation for something he said last week. I don't know what he said exactly. They didn't like like I there. think it was Booger. Did he say Booger on the air? That you may have really. been it. That, that's crazy. Well, it's, uh, it's, that's the time we'd like to flash the audience of the news, the weird, the strange, and the bizarre. And look at this. I have The first news. From UPI, which is up back up and running, by the way. An 11-year-old Florida girl earned a Guinness World Record for mental math when she solved a 12-digit multiplication problem without a calculator, pen, or paper. Sana Harmouth who was diagnosed with autism at age two, started showing an unusual aptitude for math when her parents started to homeschool her, her mother told Spectrum News. The girl's father, Uday, said she had actually failed math before switching to homeschooling. Sana's pediatrician was impressed with the girl's math skills and led the parents to research whether their daughter's gift could be a Guinness World Record. The 11-year-old was given a 12-digit number, 12 digits to multiply when she completed it in under 10 minutes. She was not allowed to be in a in the room when the numbers were selected, and she was brought in blindfolded before the time began. Wow. Sana was awarded the Guinness World Record for largest mental arithmetic multiplication. Good night. Hey, I dropped I completely dropped it and lost it when we got to long division and algebra. What past past real long division and algebra? That that's that, that's where I stopped. I can't do anything past that. I, I, I just I didn't do well at it, and I can't do it today. And and for all those teachers that told me when I was a kid, when I snuck a calculator into the schoolroom, you know, and got caught with it, and she's like, "You're not gonna be able to use a calculator all the time when you get older." I, <laughs> right. I got a calculator on my on my uh, smartphone, computer. I do on my, in my have, pocket. A, have a calculator with me at all times. Well, I've got the next. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Slow on the draw there. I'm sorry. You You caught me by surprise. Residents of a Florida home
3: had an unusual start to their day when a large chunk of ice fell out of the sky and punched a hole in their roof. The Martin County Sheriff's Office said the ice chunk fell out of the sky Wednesday morning and punched a large hole in the roof near the edge of the Palm City home, causing the ice to land on the ground outside of the house rather than inside. The Sheriff's Office said there were no reports of injuries from the ice chunk's plunge. Deputies said they do not
0: yet have an explanation for where the ice chunk came from. Wow, that is pretty scary. So the guy was in there, and he, she's like, "She's like, you're you're fooling around on me. I know you're fooling around me." He's like, "I am not fooling around on you. If I'm fooling around on you, may may ice fall oh, from the sky God. right now. If I'm fooling around <laughs> on you, honey." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where could it have come from? Now, now, uh, I know that sometimes airplanes yes. eject things, but not ice. They don't. Does it freeze? Maybe. Uh, yeah, there
3: have been some. Like some reports
0: and stuff like that but who knows wow that's incredible i got the next news oh which one is it oh yeah you read that one it's this one from upi (laughs) an eel was spotted slithering through a gutter at the side of the road in an australian city after apparently escaping from a nearby restaurant yes that's right e-e-l an eel only well, in Australia, I baby. Say zoo. <laughs> Only in Australia. The longfin eel, a species native to New Zealand that spends most of its life in freshwater but breeds in the ocean, was spotted at the side of Mill Street near the Chinatown area of uh, Adelaide. The eels are a popular food item and are often kept alive in tanks before being served at restaurants in Australia, leading experts to speculate the eel in the video escaped from a nearby eatery. I regret nothing. I'm getting out of here. (laughs) Nick Bishop, Adelaide's zoo animal behavior and creative program manager, told Australian Broadcasting Corporation Radio that eels are good escape artists with muscular bodies that can help them squeeze through tiny spaces. Uh, You and I cannot do that. We're not eels. Mm -hmm. Bishop said long fin eels are also able to breathe oxygen for short periods of time while moving between bodies of water. So there you go. Maybe he just wasn't, it wasn't his time to be eaten. He's like, I got more things I got to do. (laughs) I'm rolling. I got to go out and slither some, baby. Keep on trucking. Keep on (laughs) eeling.
3: All right, I've got the next news.
0: Probably one of the strangest ones I've ever read. The eel escaped.
3: That is an odd wow. one. A worker at an Oregon construction site discovered 2000, a 2,000-pound 2000 rare rock believed to have arrived in the state on a
0: glacier 15,000 years ago. So it, 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 it caught a ride. I guess so. <laughs> so we went from ice from the sky to eel to an old rock.
3: Yeah, this cool. is an Where's interesting progression. Jacob Parker said he was working on the site of a new Lake Ridge Middle School in Lake Oswego when an unusual rock excavated by the work crew caught his eye. Parker used a rock identifying app that warned him to find <laughs> that the find may be radioactive.
0: Oh, really? <laughs>
3: but it wasn't. So he called Scott oh. Burns, a geologist from Portland State University. <laughs> Burns said the stone was stone was not radioactive. Oh, that's too bad. But it is an extremely rare rock known as rhyolite.
0: Wow, rhyolite. Indiana Sean would know about that. He
3: knows he all about would. That stuff. Yeah, he'll be calling any minute. Yeah, rhyolite is created by layers of cooling lava close to the Earth's surface. Only one other piece of rail light has been discovered in Oregon previously, the Tallahalla Los- Heritage Center, which took too the rock of a name Heritage Center, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which wow. I don't know how to pronounce. That's big took the rock for display as part of an Ice Age flood exhibit. Said the rock likely likely formed in Montana or Canada. And came to Oregon as part of a glacier during the Missoula Flood about fifteen
0: thousand years ago. But it doesn't say if that one was radioactive either, right? They said they oh. do not. They they did That's not say. Too bad. If I find one, I'd love for it to be radioactive. At least that way, at least I have a chance of becoming a superhero. That's right. Of some kind. That's right. I always always joke that if I find something or have an accident like superheroes had, I, I would just die. Yeah. It's like it would oh, take away some of my a powers. spider bit me. I'll become a Spider Man. No, you'll just die. Or get real sick and then die. Exactly. <laughs> or die, they'll revive you, and you'll die anyway. And you die anyway. The next day. So. I got the last news. Oh, wait. Is this the last one? Oh, no. It's not the last one. Yeah, it is. It's the last one. <laughs> From UPI. You know, UPI wasn't working last weekend. Oh, Their site's been down yeah. like for a week, so we're able to get back I had to find them in other places. An Idaho man balanced a pool cue on his forehead for 2 hours and 16 minutes and 20 seconds to retake a Guinness World Record. How about that? That's crazy. I could do I could do it pretty long back in school with a baseball bat. You know how you oh, hold the yeah, bat sure. in your hand? I could do it. I don't know if I could do it for 2 hours. David Rush, who broke more than 150 Guinness records to promote STEM, education originally set the record in 2017 with an hour time of an hour and three minutes and 14 seconds rush's record was broken by a british performer who balanced a pool cue on his forehead for two hours 15 minutes and 19 seconds rush then retook the record by balancing this pool cue for one minute one second longer than the last one that we said at the top of the story he said the challenges included neck pains and back pain and as well as disorientation (laughs) i would imagine nothing that a good trip here in cartersville of a pub crawl wouldn't do No, exactly (laughs) right so uh 770-386-1450 is our number call us up today if you want to give us a call about anything and talk about we happen anything we happen to be talking about uh i'm i don't have to do it i have time to do it because i knew we were going to flash the audience but i'm going to have my top three picks of my favorite movie endings after this break coming up because i i really couldn't pick just you one had to it I don't down. know why I, had to narrow, I, narrow, I said I was going to narrow it down to five but I've actually narrowed it down to three of the movies that have the best endings at least in my opinion and what is my opinion worth not too much by the way uh, but maybe on this show it's worth something well, it's right? you on the, the only time I can give my opinion I can't give it anywhere else uh, yes and you can barely hear. give it at home but who's going to hear it <laughs> my dog listens <laughs> hey want some food <laughs> oh, yeah it's a good idea I'll have my top three film endings when we come back
1: On the farm, we grow a food that's everything you need to eat. It's a fruit, a veg, a bread, a milk, a cheese, a bean, a meat. Hi, I'm Farmer Brown, singing about the foods you need to keep you healthy. Today, Molly's favorite. Milk. And the foods made from milk, like cheese. Marvelous. And ice cream, too. Magnificent. Milk and milk foods for strong teeth and bones. For variety and vitamins and and rooty tooth. Eat a veg, a bread, a milk, a cheese, a bean, a meat, a fruit.
4: Eat a variety every day. My man. Sorry, miss, I was giving myself an oil
2: job.
0: Hey, it's PK on the air. We're back. Having a good nostalgic monkey business time here. I well, bet we are. Got the chair up against the radio station door so nobody can come in and throw me off the air. I have to do that sometimes right here they're in the area. I'll block the door so nobody can come in and throw me off. Remember, remember when uh, Tim Robbins uh, locked the warden's office and played the music in Shawshank yes. Redemption? God, God, that's kind of what I, I do here on Saturday, only like, I don't play opera music. That movie is stuff. one of
3: those that every single time it's on,
0: watch part I turn it on, I just have to watch. Very rewatchable. Anybody ask me, what's your favorite prison movie? I'm like, it's a tie. I love Escape from Alcatraz with I, Clint Eastwood. That was my other one, yeah. And I love the Shawshank. I mean, there really are. The, I mean, you can name others. Birdman of Alcatraz and, and a lot of the other films. But really, those two are the quintessential prison films. Yeah. Cool uh, Hand Luke is great with Paul Newman. I mean, it, it was a I classic. I put that right up there. It was yeah. really great. But for me, um, Escape from Alcatraz. I saw Escape from Alcatraz in the theater. So did I. As a kid. And I'm like, man, that was... Because I had no idea how it was going to end. I didn't know about the story about these guys that really escaped from Alcatraz. Yep. And uh, it was great. So... Well, let's go ahead and do this movie thing because it was hard for me to – this was agonizing. Trying to come up with lists sometimes is hard for me because I keep thinking I'm going to shortchange something and leave it off, and I don't want people to think I don't like it. But there's a lot of movies with great endings, and you can call with your choice too, by the way, 770-386-1450. You want to call us up today and tell us what's your favorite movie ending of all time. It can be a good ending, bad ending, shocking ending, horrific ending – or just a wonderful ending whatever whatever ending affected you the most tell us what your big favorite movie ending was your favorite movie ending was Saving Private Ryan, if you yeah, had to choose I still think that's, your favorite that's movie it. ending. I have come up – you heard my honorable mentions earlier. Some of them were Old Yeller, The Sixth Sense, the 1978 version of The Invasion of the Body Snatchers, The Wild Bunch, Scarface, The Godfather, The Usual Suspects, which was Alan's second favorite, uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey, uh, Star Wars, The Wizard of Oz ending. is It's just it's a, it's subtle, yeah. but it's a great ending yeah. to a film. I mean, there's so many other ones out there that, are, that have great endings that you could talk about.
3: Yeah, I keep like, thinking uh, of more and more that, that I like. But
0: here's the—I th- narrowed—I whittled—I thought it was going to be five. I whittled my list down to three movies, and it's hard for me to choose out of these three f- endings which one I actually like the best. Number three, Psycho from 1960. Great. I mean, think about the ending to Psycho. You go through the, and if you've you've seen it so many times now, you know the ending. But think about watching it for the first time in 1960. You know, you're watching this movie, this weird guy that dresses up, and you you don't know it yet that it's him. You think his mother is this weird lady killing, killing. You know, some old lady broke in this lady's hotel room and stabbed her to death in a shower, and you find out at the end that Norman Bates has been dressing up in his mother's clothing and killing people, and his mother's been dead the whole time because Vera Miles. Goes down into the fruit cellar of Norman's house at the end, thinking that's Mrs. Bates in the chair, going, you know, Mrs. Bates reaches out and turns the chair around. And the chair, Hitchcock shoots it in a perfect way where the chair turns around slowly. It's a swivel chair. And it's mom's corpse sitting there. Mom's dead. Norman's been, been dead keeping for a while. Her. Yeah, she's in bad shape. And then as she screams, Norman busts in behind her with the knife, going to kill her. But he's dressed as mom, screaming in his mom's voice. It's creepy. That's a big ending. That's yeah, my that that's is. one that, that I had to choose. Psycho. One. I mean, and come that one on. is based loosely on a true story. Uh, the 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 um, the story of uh, Ed Gein. Yeah, the guy that killed people and did that. And actually, there's a movie called Ed Gein with Steve Railsback playing him, the guy from Helter Skelter, which was actually a really oh, good yeah. version of it. It was actually yeah. really good. Did you see the other one too? Uh, remember the movie? We uh, remember John Wayne Gacy. His, oh sure, his, his serial killer thing. Gosh, um, yeah. the movie Gacy. They made a movie, and it's the it's the it's Francis from Pee Wee Herman playing Gacy, the guy that plays Francis. Oh Gacy, yeah, who's a great actor. Yeah. yeah, and he played Gacy. It's you ever see it? You'll 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 go. Why did you suggest that I watch it? Because it's really good. It's <laughs> yeah. very weird, but you're like, oh man, I wish I hadn't seen. it. I've that. read a lot about Gacy. All right, my my second favorite ending. Well, this is number two. I don't know if it's one, two, or three. The other one that that made my top three list that I can't choose anything else. Planet of the Apes. We talked oh, about it last gosh. week. The gosh. Why didn't I the think planet about of the, the ending, The Planet of the Apes. Say what you want about the movie. Oh, I don't like Planet of the Apes. It's got the stupid ape masks and stuff. I well, love Planet You of the see, haven't seen the movie because the ape masks effect in Planet of the Apes still holds up to this day. That movie's effects, makeup yeah. effects are incredible. Charlton Heston, he doesn't know where he is. He thinks he's on another planet. The whole film where apes rule. So he's riding off into the distance with Nova, his girlfriend at the end, and has left the apes behind. He's riding on the shore of the ocean. And he comes up on something in the distance. You can't really see it. But he looks at it and sees that it's, it's the Statue of Liberty. And he, he realizes then that he's been on Earth the whole time and didn't know it.
2: You maniacs! You blew it up! God oh, damn you! God damn you all to hell!
3: That is one of the craziest it's, endings. I remember seeing it as a kid, and just having my mind completely. The blown. movie
0: is set three thousand years in the future, yeah. and Earth has been changed, and the wars and everything, and has buried the whole landscape has changed to where the Statue of Liberty is nothing yeah. from, but it's just from her like mid drift up with her hands to the torches sticking out of the sand. Yep. And that last ending of him just finding out, you know, and him cussing and uh, you blew it up and everything, and then it just shows that scene, and it's and it's and it holds on it. And it fades out that's the end of the movie yeah that was a heck of an ending Pilot 1968 great the ending. original one. uh and uh the number one one i've got not a lot of people may have seen this and uh, you remember robert blake was in the news with the whole thing with his wife and uh, he was uh, found not guilty of that mm-hmm. uh about uh, his wife's uh murder uh he started in the he started in uh, Beretta, the TV show. Robert Blake was an actor long before that. He was in a movie called In Cold Blood, which was a great film. He was one of the uh, Little Rascals in the fifties, named a, Mickey. He little was a little-known show called The Little Rascals for MGM. He was in the later episodes back when I lost interest in them. Uh, yeah. Spanky had grown up, and they were all older, and they weren't as funny as they used to be. But he was Mickey in the Little Rascals. Yeah, it's always Blake. sad when like a twenty-two-year-old is trying to play a fourteen. <laughs> Isn't it though? Or, or thirty-year-olds or, or or trying to play high school kids in Greece? Yes, that was crazy too. When you see that, the number one film to me that has the most powerful ending of any film that I've seen that I have to put at number one, not a lot of people have seen. It was uh starring uh Robert Blake from brenna It's a movie called Electra Glide in Blue. And at the break I showed you the ending of yes. the film. And you'd think you'd seen it before anyway. He plays a, a motorcycle cop out west in the middle of the desert is the whole movie. And the whole movie is based on him trying to do the best job he can do as, as a police officer. And he's trying to do well. He's trying to get promoted to detective where he can wear the Stetson hat and the boots and everything and go around and investigate things. And he does get promoted. <clears throat> and his character is a hard-nosed, fair, down-the-line law and order. I mean, even when he pulls a guy over that says, hey, I know I'm not supposed to be on this road with my truck, but come on, man, I just got back from Vietnam. You know, I, I, do I have to really turn around and go back all the way to that other road and go that way because that's going to cause me to... Waste six hours of my time. He goes. You know, I'm gonna do for you that uh, I'm gonna do for you what someone did for me when I got back from Vietnam. I'm gonna do something for you uh, that it took uh, uh, just five minutes for some some, for it to happen to me, or what? I'm paraphrasing. He goes. I'm gonna do nothing at all for you. I'm not doing a thing. Hmm. I'm gonna make you go back and go the other way. I'm not cutting you some any slack. Sorry, it's the law. You got to go do that. Well, at the very at the very end, he pulls over. And if you haven't seen the movie, I apologize. Watch it, but it's an old movie, so I think I can talk about it. It came out in 1973. This is kind of the flip side movie. This is the law enforcement movie version of Easy Rider with right. uh, with Peter Fonda. And Electroglide Glide in blue. The, the the title refers refers to the Harley Davidson motorcycle. Right. The electric Glides mm-hmm. in blue, which means police officer. He pulls over a hippie in a in a Volkswagen van or something like that. It's got bumper stickers all over it, and he's you know he's going to cite him for something speeding or something. I can't remember what it was. And he decides. The guy gives him a sob story, or whatever. And he decides. You know what? I'm gonna let you go. He's never done this through the whole film. He's always been hard nosed through the whole film. Gives everybody a ticket, right straight down the middle. Law enforcement, gung ho. Sure. He lets this guy go. He goes. No problem. See you, buddy. Have a good. Have a good life. He head on down the road. So the guy pulls off, goes down the road in his VW bug, uh, VW van. And he's realized he hasn't given the guy his license back. So he gets on his motorcycle and tries to catch up with the guy, and he turns his siren on so the guy will stop. So he, he's waving to him, but he's waving his license in the in his air in the air, like wanting him to pull over. Well, the van keeps going. Well, it cuts to a shot of the van's back window opening, and all of a sudden a double-barrel shotgun comes out of the van, points right at Officer Wintergreen, who is Robert Blake, and shoots him right in the chest and just blows him off the motorcycle. It shatters the front window. Windscreen of the bike in a slow motion shot. He falls off the bike and tumbles over and over and over again with his, and showing his wounds. And he stops like upright, kind of sitting up, and dies right there on the on the interstate in the middle of the desert with all the you know the because in the background looks like a western. Yeah, it's great. All that back scenic shot, shots of Phoenix and all the all the all the land masses in the background of the desert, sticking up. And the, 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 the 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 camera then pans back from him down the road. As they pan away from his dead body on the road, and the ending lasts for about five minutes with the music playing over the end and the the credit roll, and that's the end of the film. That is a to me when I first saw that on a night movie when I was a kid. I watched it back in the early eighties on a on a when they show movies late at night on television. That really affected me, and I never forgot that ending that movie. Yeah, for me, it's stuck with me. And that's the three. If okay, if I had to choose, now now I'll whittle it down. I'll (sighs) whittle it down now. Now now I'll, I'll I'll. Okay, I'll take Psycho out. I don't want to take Psycho out. I'll take it out and I'll say Electro Glide, Glide in Blue, and Planet of the Apes are my two favorite movie endings. But i got to eliminate one of them. Yeah. Which, which one do I eliminate? Um, I think, I think one of, the one I'm going to choose, I'm going to eliminate Planet of the Apes. I don't want to. But I think that Electric Glide in Blue ending is my most intense, spectacular ending of any movie I've ever seen. And again, it's not a household movie name. Right, I know it's a kind of a cult film now because a lot of people that love film love it and have seen it. But if you've never seen it, it's Electric Glide in Blue. I think that's the one right now that I'm going to choose is that one is my favorite uh, in most intense. I'm going to have to go
3: back and rewatch that. I,
0: I'm sure I've seen it somewhere along the line, but the um, the Blu-ray transfer is really nice if you're going to watch it. And it may be streaming somewhere too. So if you've never seen it, uh, go and watch it. Electric Glide in Blue. We're going to take a break at the top of the hour. We have no channel Star Wars today. They are off today, and I've got stories coming up later. We'll uh, do On This Day in History. It's May the 22nd we'll do a little on this day in history when we come back and of course we'll visit some 1981 things from 1981 since it was 40 years ago and I got a little compact disc memory I want to share about that too and uh, Lou Ferrigno is uh, in the news for something surprising concerning uh, his help or something that a uh, problem that he's had he, you know he's had a hearing problem for years I mean he's yeah, practically deaf and uh, we got a great story about him coming up too so it's VK on there we got all that coming up we got Walt in the darkness here with us and a few more surprises maybe and uh Some more stuff, like a quiz, too, coming up. It's BK on the air. I
5: am Quick Claude. I do everything fast. Marathon John, you can't eat a Marathon candy bar fast, Quick Claude. It lasts a good long time. I show you milk
1: chocolate, delicious caramel, and chewy. Told you. Nobody eats a Marathon bar quick, Claude.
5: Marathon lasts a good long time.
1: Millions of Americans every day are shedding unwanted pounds by taking tested and proven Ultra Lipo Shtick. Carbohydrates are bad, bad. Our carbo-fighting antioxidant is good, good. Just listen to these satisfied customers.
4: My name is Gail, and I lost like 20
1: pounds on Ultra Lipo Shtick. My name is Jared, and I lost 46 pounds using Ultra Lipo Shtick. My name is Zach, and I actually gained weight. This stuff sucks! Ultra
3: Lipo Shtick is safe and easy to inject. Just three doses, four times a day, discreetly underneath your fingernail. Listen to this.
4: I used Ultra Lipo and suffered from side effects like uncontrollable greasy discharge.
5: Ultra Lipo it turned the armpits of all of my shirts
4: orange. This stuff is crap.
1: Try it
3: today and see some
1: real results. Ultra Lipo not available in stores. Results may vary. Something's going to happen. Something wonderful. WBHF! Stand by to receive our transmission.
0: Hey, It's BK on the air. I want to tell you about Cartersville Bicycle Service and Supply. They offer maintenance and repairs for all bicycles, as well as parts, accessories, and, of course, new bicycles. Whether you're a veteran rider or just starting out, they've got what you need. Stop in and see the shop. They're located at the corner of West Avenue and South Tennessee Street and are open every day, seven days a week, from 730 a.m. to 4 p.m. You can also call them at 470-315-BIKE. That's 470 315 24 five three or search Cartersville Bicycle on Facebook. That's Cartersville Bicycle Service and Supply. We're gonna do a little on this day in history's BK on the air here. Starting the last hour of the program, man, this flies by. On this day in history today, no channel Star Wars today. They're taking the day off. May 22nd, on this day in history, 1906, the Wright brothers are granted a patent for their flying machine, as they call it, having applied for one three years earlier. That's patent number if you're keeping score. It's number 821,393, patent for their flying machine. On this day in history, 1956, the Bob Hope Show last airs on NBC. It's last episode. On this day in history, May the 22nd, 1965, the Beatles' ticket to ride was number one on the Billboard charts on this day in history. If you remember that, you're a lot older than I am because I wasn't even born yet. Yeah, in 1981, the number one film, and we do 1981 because it was 40 years ago. In 1981, the number one film in the theaters 40 years ago was Happy Birthday to Me, a horror film which actually starred uh, Melissa Sue Anderson from... uh, little house on the prairie she was in that somebody's calling right now let's take the call 770-386-1450 is our number hey it's become there who is this
5: something told me i think you knew i was going to be calling in today
0: <laughs> well say, i i kind of had in the back of my head that we might hear from the legendary pat mccormick of the golden rage of tv and guitarist extraordinaire from general hospital and his band hey buddy what's going on out on the west coast this morning
5: Well, after that introduction, I've got nothing more to say.
0: (laughs) I'll never live up to that, so I just better be quiet now. So, yeah. (laughs)
5: You know, you're going to bring up these movie finales, and I agree with all your choices there, Barry. I do.
3: You did? Good. Notice he agrees with yours, not mine. Yeah, he didn't like yours at all.
5: Yeah, no, Walt, your test is coming later. I'll call (laughs) back after the P.I. quit. Okay,
0: good. All
3: right.
5: I told him I'd fly out there if he missed.
3: One. I saw <laughs> the text you sent him, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have what to be do, on, on my best. But
0: do you have some endings that you like or one big one that, that affected you, a big spectacular ending for a film? It was agonizing for me to try to even come up with those three.
5: Well, absolutely. You know, you mentioned um, Robert Blake.
0: Yeah, and Electric one Glide and Blue. His
5: early, one of his earliest films, films that is, was the classic Treasure of the Sierra Madre. That's
2: right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah.
5: The ending of that film, besides it being my favorite film of all time, the whole thing wow. was great, but the ending of that film was just spectacular.
0: It was. It should be on my honorable mention, too. Definitely, definitely much. I mean, there's too many to... If I kept going through all of them, I, I would take an hour to do it, because there's so many great endings, but that one is spectacular. Yes.
5: You also mentioned a Hitchcock classic, and I've got to just throw in the fact that Vertigo had a really killer ending, too.
0: It really did. Most yes. Hitchcocks did. Most of them had a great ending. You're right, but yeah, that one, Vertigo I, was a great ending. I said killer ending. Not meaning was <laughs> <the song. laughs> That's right.
5: Because that was Psycho, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, easy Easy Rider. That yep. was a shocker.
0: And we and we and I mentioned Electric Glide and Blue is kind of like the cop flip side of Easy Rider.
5: E- exactly. And then, of course, my number one is probably because I'm partial to the fact that it was filmed in my hometown. But dare I say, probably one of the best. Classic horror films ever made, and that was The Lost Boys.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. That, that's got a big reveal at the end. You know, how did you know the old the old dad the dad was was the master vampire there at, uh, in the area? Well, yeah.
5: no, he, he was the guy that killed them. Yeah, the, the dad, her dad, and it was his line was one thing about Santa Carla.
0: <laughs> I never liked all <laughs> the, the damn, damn vampires. vampires, and that's Bernard. And Bernard Hughes I mean what a what a great actor character actor that guy he was in everything
5: well yeah and I mean it, it was that movie was a shock because oh, we love. saw it yeah. being filmed we saw it being filmed and didn't expect much of it you know I went to be an extra on that and met Joel Schumacher, and it was like wow who's this guy
0: this is new director <laughs> where is he from
5: and it sat you know, in the editor's room, and they shot around the extra shit scenes for at least a year or so wow. after they were in, wow. in Santa Cruz filming. So we were like, yeah, probably never even is going to come out because hey, we're just yeah. a little beach town. And then when it came out, everybody was just not just proud of the fact that it was Santa Cruz, but because it was the best one of the best films ever made, in my
0: opinion. And there wasn't a lot of, uh, there, there probably was some studio stuff shot for, for, some of the interiors maybe for the show, but a lot of that movie, but a lot of that was on la- all that exterior. It was lo- on locations for like the bulk of that, wasn't it?
5: Yeah. Yeah. Santa Cruz beach boardwalk was, uh, was the center point, And, uh, yeah, it just it's it was really cool to see all that, and of course we saw. I sat on one of their motor motorcycles without permission.
0: Without permission, <laughs> <laughs> and it, was, and it was just. It's also interesting that uh, Jason Patrick, which stars in uh, in in The Lost Boys, not a lot of people know this, but he is Jackie Gleason's grandson, Jason Patrick.
5: That's right. You know, I was going to make that connection, Barry. You know.
0: You can leave that stuff to me. I'm <laughs> too far ahead of Pat. I'm sorry. <laughs> Pat, we think alike. What can I say? I, I, sorry. I'm sorry for you that you think like me. That's too bad. But, but yeah. I was going to
5: say bad. that. I really was. I was uh, going to say that. I really
0: was. And you don't see it in him when you look at him, but I've noticed if I cover his face up and look at, like, maybe his nose and his eyes, I can see it when you look at him closely now like that for some reason. Yeah.
5: Well, that's why I can recognize Alan
0: anywhere I go. <laughs> Alan Sanders? <laughs>
5: to Alan Sanders. God, I'm that.
0: Because you cover his face up? Yeah.
5: Well, yeah, no, I hope he's having a great vacation. He, I know he deserves it. So do you guys, now that I think about it.
0: Well, for me, being on the radio is a vacation. I don't need to really take one away from the radio station. That's why I never leave, for the most part.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, well And I live guys. a charmed life, so I'm good. <laughs> Walt's a P.I., <laughs> so he has fun one way or the other. Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah, you just wait, Walt. I'm still listening to this show. <laughs>
3: I know. I, I may have to rush out for an emergency. Well, the, gonna, the the bar is getting higher and higher. we got
0: to take a break, Pat, but I appreciate you checking in and always. And we love the Golden Rage of TV and glad for our association with you, buddy, as always. Thanks, my friend. New episodes coming in June. All right, buddy. Awesome. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Okay, bye, guys. Pat McCormick and the Golden Rage of TV, he's just like a real re- a TV show because now he's in reruns. Yes, he We're is. We're playing reruns, which is fine. I don't care because some people may not have heard all of them. So that really is like a TV show. They play new ones and they have reruns. Speaking on there. We're going to take a break. We'll be back monetarily. I mean, momentarily. <laughs> See, I did it again. Speak <laughs> on there.
4: Harvey, want anything special for your birthday?
1: Just a decent cup of coffee. You're kidding. I'm serious. Honey, your coffee's undrinkable.
3: Pretty harsh.
1: Well, so's your coffee. You know, the girls down at the office make better coffee on their hot plates. Well, see you later. And he didn't even kiss me goodbye. You know, if I could just make a decent cup of coffee, I could relax. So, relax. Why don't you try Instant Folgers? It tastes good as fresh perked. Good as fresh perked? I'll surprise Harvey for his birthday tonight. Hey, great coffee.
2: It's Instant Folgers. Doesn't it taste good as fresh perk? Better. Better than those girls make at the office.
1: <laughs> Honey, their coffee can't hold a candle to yours. Instant Folgers taste good as fresh perked. Try it. Come on,
2: kids. Get your sweater. Let's go. Bye,
5: Mom. Hot water wash. Okay. Cold water wash. Pretty clean. Oh, they didn't look that good. When can I stop kidding myself? Right now. 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 Out of the future comes All-Temperature Cheer with the All-Temperature Clean.
2: Must have powerful ingredients.
5: Certainly they're powerful. To give you the best-looking wash your world has seen in hot water, warm, cool, cold, and everything in between. Terrific. Now now that's white. Cheer gives you a great-looking white in hot water. And in cold water? That's clean. Cheer beats even the leading cold water detergent.
2: Will you see my kids tomorrow.
5: I'll be watching. All temperature cheer.
2: Boy, is this stuff clean and in all those temperatures. All temperature.
4: to bk on the air on am 1450 fm 100.3 and online on the TuneIn radio app now back to a guy who'll make you feel really young mostly because he's so old it's bk on the air
0: that's right. It's PK on the air here. Let's continue with on this day in history because we were doing it when we were uh, on the last segment. Uh, 1985, another movie premiere on this day. The final and the 14th and final James Bond film of to star Roger Moore premiered on this day. A View to a Kill with Duran Duran during the main title song. 1985 on this day premiered. I thought I liked A View to a Kill. I thought Christopher Walken was very evil. As the, guy, as the bad guy. Yeah, I thought so, too. I mean, too. he's he always great. a good actor, too. Uh, you
3: could tell, though, Roger Moore had definitely run the course as, as Bond. Get a little long
0: in the tooth. He should, maybe yeah. People said he should have quit with Fear Eyes Only, and yeah. Timothy Dalton maybe should have taken over at that point. Well,
3: they but, said that he realized that he was too old for Bond during the filming of that because
0: the mother of the Bond girl visited the set, and <laughs> he was so
3: older that. than the mother of the Bond girl.
0: <laughs> that's exactly right. So. 1992 on this day in history, Johnny Carson's final appearance as host of The Tonight show aired wow. and late night television has never been the same uh, since yeah, was johnny awesome. carson will always be the king to me uh, an, uh two bad movies premiered on on this day in history 1992 alien 3 premiered on this day wow an inferior sequel to the yes. alien films and one of my least favorites uh, in 2001, we lost an actor. Whitman Mayo passed away on this date. Grady from Sanford, and son. Yeah, boy, he, he was, was 70 awesome. years old. He
3: was such a funny guy.
0: And uh, had a spinoff. His spinoff show, Grady, lasted not even, maybe not even a season. Yeah, maybe a and season. And he went back to Sanford, yeah. and son. Uh, and another movie that I didn't really care for, a sequel, premiered on this date in 2008. I don't even like to acknowledge this one, but I'm going to do it because it's part of history. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull opened Uh, on this day to much disappointment to a lot of us. Not a good movie on this day. That's why I tell people, yeah, there's only three Indiana Jones films. I don't know why they're calling the new one Indy Five. I don't know why. Birthdays on this date, May the 22nd. Richard Wagner, German composer, was born on this day. Uh, He died in 1883. One of my favorite German uh, classical, uh, just classical composers of all time. Had his he he started the. uh, the original motif of, of writing themes to characters, like they do now in movies. Oh, sure. uh, The Darth Vader theme, Superman has a theme. He would assign themes to characters in his operas back then, I think, before anybody really caught on and did it. You know, his Ride of the Valkyries, what a piece of music oh, that is. yeah. Uh, oh, is everyone dead on the list today? A lot of people are dead. Yes. Lawrence Olivier, uh, English actor of of, of great actor. respect died in 1989 he was born on this day johnny Olson. come on down the price is right announcer and announcer yeah. of many other shows match game uh he he announced so many things he was born on this day in history he died in 1985 and uh i've forgotten about this uh the jackie gleason show when he started broadcasting it from miami in the late 60s early 70s yes. johnny Olson. Introduced it at the beginning. He's like from Miami Beach. Really? It's the Jackie Gleason show. Yeah, wow. Uh, American television producer's birthday is today. Quinn Martin's birthday is today. A uh, QM Quinn Martin production. Talk about a guy who had every show was like a hit. He did. I was going to say those yeah. shows, How many shows times are fantastic. You hear
3: that over the years. Is he died
0: in it? 1987. And uh, speaking of your dad being an FBI guy, did your dad like the FBI? The Quinn Martin TV show. Uh, I heard it was pretty good for yeah, its time. I mean,
3: it was. I, I think that I never his, got to watch his it. attitude was always, I get enough of it at work, so <laughs> yeah, he doesn't watch want something it. else. Yeah. It's
0: like watching a show about a car wash and yes. you're working at a car wash. Uh, by the way, though, can we talk about Ephraim Zimbalist Jr.'s daughter, Stephanie, for yes. a moment? Where she was easy on the eyes, we wasn't she, from Remington Steel. Yes. Uh, and on this day, I, I can't believe this, everyone is dead. I didn't, I didn't get one. I mean, there's a, <laughs> it's a lot of people's birthdays today, but everyone that fits our genre... Have all passed away? Don't be born today. Today is Paul Winfield's birthday. American actor. He played Captain Terrell in Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. He's played uh, Martin Luther King before. He was in Huckleberry Finn. He was in Mars Attacks, too. Do you remember him in Mars Attacks? Yes. He died in two thousand four. Another guy who I keep forgetting is dead. He was he was with that little role, great actor. That small role of Captain Terrell in Star Trek II. He made the most of it, and he was spectacular. What you ask is
3: so difficult. (laughs) <laughs>
0: he could he couldn't kill Kirk yeah and and he fought the eel and it, and it drove him insane and made him kill him he killed himself other than killing Admiral Kirk because he he respected him so much great great role great actor great he actor. played in the uh, he was in a Star Trek the Next Generation episode about the alien who speaks spoken metaphors that's right remember that I couldn't remember the name of it but it was uh, it was very interesting it's always National Something Day and today is no different today is National Maritime Day today oh, great today is National Solitaire Day. Okay. Today we're not that on this show. There's no solid, no solitude. solitude on this show. And today is National Buy a Musical Instrument Day. Well, I did that in junior high school. I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> I mean, yes, that'd be an utter fail. On does my part. the dashboard and the steering wheel on my car count? go. Going you down know. the road. I love music. I could never make. I tried way. tried to master the trumpet in the sixth grade. Got a about as far as, I uh, took it for a year, was in the band, and I just did, I'm not musical. Music is is math. Yes. Music, there's a lot of mathematical stuff, and it has something to do with music, and I'm not good at that. I'm not good at math. I had a guitar for a while. I could play the notes, but I couldn't make it play music. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Now, I loved having a little Casio keyboard because I would fake it. I would press the demo sure. key and pretend I was playing that. <laughs> yeah, I could I did do that. It, I could play great. the kazoo. I tried the harmonica, too. I'm like, oh, how hard is this? Yeah, Real hard. Real hard. And today, the very last one, it's National Vanilla Pudding Day today. Okay. So there you go. There's all the On This Day in History and all the other stuff. So 306-1450 is our number. Speaking of National uh, On This Day in History, I got a uh, in 1981 since it was 40 years ago, and we like to talk about it like that and make us feel old as dirt. Yes. I told you about the—I I used to have a Billboard CD, and, and the CDs that would—it was called Billboard's Top Hits, and they would at the top of it, it would have the year that it was from. And I, I printed out the CD—I just got rid of most of my CDs—but the 1981 CD from Billboard's Top Hits, I have it right here, the cover of it, and this is what was on it. And I remember just playing—putting—in putting, the old days, before we could shuffle iTunes and, and, and get all these music downloads and do whatever we wanted to, we had to put—if we had a multiple CD player— we had to load the cd player up and hit shuffle and that was our playlist at least for us in the car yeah. uh i had a car that had a five six cd holder inside the car so i'd just maybe take billboard's greatest hits from 77 78 79 80 and 81 and just hit go for it shuffle <laughs> them. that was my radio station well the 1981 one since it was 40 years ago i have it right here this is what was on the billboard 1981 top hit cd uh physical by olivia newton john right okay let's some of these had very well done music videos. And that was one of them. Physical was a great video. Wasn't it great? I didn't like the guys in it, though. There's one yeah. guy in it where he cracks me up every time I watch it now because they're all in 80s workout, which means right. the white socks are all the way up to their knees and they're the jogging shorts and stuff. There's one guy with like the handlebar red, redhead with a handlebar mustache and a mullet. Oh, it just doesn't work. I don't care. Even back when mullets were in style, they still look ridiculous. They did. And I didn't want to have anything to do with it. Betty Davis Eyes is on here by Kim Carnes. What a big hit that was. Kiss on My List by Holland Oates, the greatest duo in history and one of my favorite. Mm-hmm. Jesse's Girl by Rick Springfield. 9 to 5 by Dolly Parton. Celebration by Cooling the Gang. The Tide is High by Blondie. The One That You Love by Air Supply. There's a group that girls liked. That I is Air Supply. Yep. Being With You with Smokey Robinson. Talk about a guy that had a comeback. Smokey Robinson did hits back oh, with Motown, yeah. and he comes back in the 80s and has all these hits. And number 10, Queen of Hearts by Juice Newton, which was originally done by Dave Edmonds, who had a big hit with uh, I Hear You Knocking, But You Can't Come In. That right. was a 70s hit. Mm-hmm. Well, he he did Queen of Hearts on one of his original albums, and she remade it. And he goes, why wasn't mine a hit? She takes it and remakes it and makes it like a, a big hit in the 80s, but he didn't make she it. She had the, the right hit, voice so for it. That's right. Seven seven zero three eight six fourteen fifty is our number. Somebody's calling right now. I think I know who this is from the Nostalgic Pod Blast. It's Take a Chance with Chance. Hey Chance Bartels. Hey fellas,
1: what's happening? I've got a couple movie endings for you. I've got one from a horror movie uh, like Pat McCormick had. Okay. Friday the Thirteenth, the original one, where Jason comes out of the water oh, and kills yeah. Alice. And it's a nightmare. It's a dream of hers. It pulls her under the water. I thought back, that was creepy. But back
0: it up a little bit because we find out that it's uh, in the second one. Is it the second one we find out that it's is it, or it's the first one? His mom doing it. No, it's his mom in the first one. That's another it's the first one. That's, that's another twist. Palmer, who was a Broadway actress? That's a twist too. That it was his mom doing the killing. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, That's great. and then
1: a hokey one for me is Superman the movie where Superman turns back time. I thought it was the ultimate cop out, and of course that was originally supposed to be used in Superman 2, which was directed at the same time as the first film well, by Richard Donner.
0: Superman from 1978 is one of the best. It's not, if not the best superhero movie ever made, in my opinion. And and there's kind of a rule on BK on the air, and I know you didn't know it, but uh, we can't refer to Superman as hokey 1978. We can't use that. We can't say that. It's a good ending. <laughs> yeah, right. you get it. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs>
1: Oh, I love it's one of my favorite movies of all time, yeah. and I love the three-hour cut, the, the yes. fabled KCOP cut, which was the station in L.A. that in 1994 aired the super long version, yeah. longer than the ABC TV version, and it became fabled. People tried to hunt down videotape recordings of that one-time airing. And now it's available on Blu-ray as of two years ago, the three-hour cut. It's three hours, eight minutes long.
0: Superman the movie, director, Richard Donner. Uh, to me, it's the gold standard for me in any way of which all superhero movies are, are, are measured. I love it. It's a great movie. It's actually in three acts. It's like a three-act play. Krypton, then we go to uh, Smallville, then we go to Metropolis. There's actually a time span, and it's actually almost three little mini-movies in one. It really is. It's uh, it's really. That's right.
1: And how about then Superman 3 Ross Webster, played by Robert Vaughn? his, His scheme was to take up all the oil. And yeah. steal oil from the tankers using computers, yeah. it's kind of like the oil shortage we have right now in Georgia <laughs> right. and in the southeast. It makes me wonder if Ross Webster is real.
0: Yeah, I asked you to kill Superman, and you're telling me you can't do that one simple thing. <laughs> I <I'd> love <laughs> that. He's like, that's not simple. Kill Superman is not simple. Why are you saying that? Yeah, Superman three was uh, kind of their step into the campy way of going to the, the route with Superman. But it was still... It, you know what Superman three reminded me of, and see if you agree with me, Chance. You, you've read the the uh, you probably read some of the Bronze Age or, or Golden Age epi- uh, Superman issues from Action and DC Comics with Kurt Swan doing the. art. Superman three seemed like a Kurt Swan issue of the of the comic book in the seventies. It really did. It was great. I kind of mm-hmm. liked it. Very funny, but it was a very different kind of a story. A more fun. It was
3: the one made by Canon, right?
0: No, Canon made Superman Four, For. was uh, exactly. Quest for Peace, which was, uh, that's a whole other that's discussion. The worst of the lives. Hey, Terrible. tell everybody where they can hear you right quick before we go to a break, Chance. Uh, YouTube
1: channel, The Nostalgic Podblast, and we're live Sundays at 3.30 Atlanta time in our Facebook group, The Nostalgic Podblast. Thanks a lot.
0: And we're Nostalgic Cousins. I'll talk to you soon there, buddy. All right, bye. All right, bye-bye. Hans Bartels with the nostalgic Be kind on of there, we're going to take a break and we'll come back with more with a story about Lou Frigno, the TV Incredible Hulk. We'll come back.
1: Premiering Friday after Wonder Woman, it's the all new Incredible Hulk. Our radiation experiment has unleashed the ultimate mutation, turning David Banner into a superhuman beast whenever he becomes angered. Bill Bixby stars in The Incredible Hulk, premiering Friday at 9, 8 Central and Mountain. Stand by for action
0: Anything can happen in the next half hour Hey, we're back. It's BK on the air here on AM fourteen fifty and one hundred point three FM WBHF. We're having a good time today. I'm having a great time here today, as I do every Saturday from ten a.m. to noon with Walt in the Darkness, my PI buddy here. And uh, uh, I later on in the program we're going to uh, take a, a little ME TV quiz with Walt and quiz him on is a is this TV? I'm gonna give him a TV detective name, and he has to guess whether it's a private eye on television or was he a private an investigator with the police department, because you can be one or the other. I better get this. Yeah, you should do really well on this, but I have a story here, too, uh, that I want to get into. I was going to do this last hour, but I didn't have enough time. But I want to do this story coming up.
4: Dr. David Banner. Physician. Scientist. Searching for a way to tap into the hidden strengths that all humans have. Then an accidental overdose of gamma radiation interacts with his unique body chemistry. And now, when David Banner angry or outraged, a startling metamorphosis occurs. See, if I was the Hulk, I would never
0: be able to drive an Atlanta traffic ever. That was the, the main theme or the opening there to The Incredible Hulk with Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno. That's one show that Marvel did in the 70s that actually was done right. And we talked about this with Alan a little bit in the past because they tried to do Captain America. It wasn't very done very well. They tried to do a Doctor Strange movie, <laughs> <That may be. laughs> and it wasn't very well received either. Yeah,
3: and then Captain per- America's statement may be the most. I mean, that was a terrible they show.
0: They did they did two or three. I think it was two TV movies, and they yeah. tried to make it a TV show, and they just didn't really understand what was going on. Uh, Reb Brown played Captain America. Do you remember Reb Brown? He was in the remember the movie Uncommon Valor with Gene Hackman. Yeah, he was the he was Blaster, the guy that was in charge of the uh, the explosions. Yeah, that's he's right. actually a really good actor. I like Reb Brown. He's very nice too. Nice guy goes to conventions, signs autographs, and talks to you. Uh, I have a story here. Reason I play that as uh, I have a Lou Ferrigno story here. This comes from People Magazine. The Incredible Hulk's Lou Ferrigno is fixing his lifelong hearing problem. It's a dream come true. This uh, this is from People Magazine. The moment when Lou Ferrigno had his cochlear implant put in, it was like a wake-up call. After dealing with hearing loss for nearly... His entire life, the former Incredible Incredible Hulk star had multiple ear infections as a toddler that caused him irreparable nerve damage in his ears. Ferrigno, who is now 69, was hearing some sounds for the first time. Quote, it was like a dream come true, he tells People magazine. Ferrigno spent most of his life wearing unwieldy and often unhelping hearing aids and going to lip reading classes and being able to understand what people were saying to him. Ferrigno was bullied growing up for his hearing aid and his speech impediment and to it's escaped the kids calling him deaf and mute he dove into the hulk and spider-man comic books see i love when things like this happen for he did that and how cool is that he went on to play the hulk yes. i mean that's that's in itself a dream come true too he says i was obsessed with power he says i wanted to be strong enough so i could be able to defend myself that led him to a career imagine that in bodybuilding Quote, it changed my life. It gave me drive and determination. I knew that this was my journey to be successful because I hadn't discovered bodybuilding. Uh, I would I would have gone the other way, feeling sorry for myself and maybe resorting to drugs or something. It's all about taking action because nobody can do that for you except yourself. Unquote. What a great message that is. No kidding. I mean, that should be plastered on the wall of every school uh, that you can put it in. Ferrigno trained with Arnold Schwarzenegger in the early 70s, and their rivalry led to his casting in The Incredible Hulk. The dad of three had had put in extra effort to keep up, uh, to keep up on on set. It says, over the years, Frigno has used a multitude of different hearing aids, but as his a aged, his hearing aid continued to his as he aged, his hearing continued to decline. He knew a cochlear implant was a possibility, but it required a short surgery, which Frigno was hesitant to do. And some people that have that that are candidates for one are kind of hesitant to do the surgery for whatever reason a friend with similar hearing issues who who decided to get a cochlear implant convinced ferrigno to do it the surgery was a two-hour outpatient procedure with a small incision but ferrigno was terrified still he says the day that it was activated was emotional for him quote when she gave it to me I was hearing some sounds for the first time, he said. The whole thing just lit up. It was quite an experience, unquote. Mm -hmm. Ferrigno works on his hearing each day with an app on his phone that gives him practice exercises. But after just seven weeks, his hearing clarity has gone from 20% to 65%. And I hear it gets even better as you have this thing. In there, My hearing is getting better, he says, and better and better. It's constantly improving. I told my doctor that I want to get up to at least 85% clarity. Oh, He'll probably go beyond that, I hope, which yeah. is great. And Ferrigno wants others with hearing loss to know that the same is possible for them. Quote, my goal is to let everyone know that I am wearing this and it gives them hope because there's a lot of people nervous about doing this because they keep thinking that it's a major operation, he says. But I want people to know that there's hope. You can make your life much easier so why not go for it? So what a great. Yeah, and, yeah. and we've known he's had a hearing problem for years. You know, even when he would do interviews back yeah. when the Hulk was on, we'd see him in interviews and we're like. And I was just a kid. I'm like, what's wrong with him? He's he talks kind of strange. And then I'm like, oh, he's deaf because he's trying to. Because if you get I heard, I've heard if you can't hear your voice, it's hard for you to speak properly. Right. Because you can't gauge your volume. You can't gauge exactly how you're doing, um, how you're pronouncing words and things. But I've heard, the co- I've heard people that have had the cochlear implant put in that if they've had a hearing problem or they're deaf, when you get the cochlear implant put in for the first time, it sounds like a squealing talk on a bad AM radio station or something like oh. that, the little screechy, scratchy talk and sounds and stuff is weird. And then your body, uh, your, your your brain and everything starts to remember what it was like to hear if you've heard, if you're not, if you haven't been born deaf, that is. <clears throat> but also I've heard... That if you have the if you get the cochlear implant after you've gone deaf, you can recognize songs that your brain has already heard. Like name, name a song. You, I'm sure you're very familiar with uh, "Trucking" by the Grateful Dead. You've heard it several times, so yes. that's one of your favorite groups. So if yeah. you were had if you had to get the cochlear implant in your ear, and you heard "Trucking" with the cochlear implant, you would be able to tell that it's "Trucking" by the Grateful Dead. But if you heard a song you've never heard before, it would sound like a garbled mess. Wow. Your brain works that way. But then people that have gotten it have said, the more I use it and the more we tune it and the more my brain starts going, oh, there's something in my ear helping me hear.' Let's retune ourselves and let's realign ourselves. They say that they can get up to 80, 85 percent, 90 percent of hearing with the cochlear implant. Isn't that isn't technology that is wonderful? That I mean, that was really unheard crazy. of just 20 years ago. Amazing. I mean, he had the bulky hearing aid on the side, and all that did was just magnify noise for the longest time. I don't know how good they got. But this cochlear implant goes inside, way inside there. And uh, bravo for Lou Ferrigno. Yeah, really amazing. That's great. Fantastic. Good for him. That's great.
3: Yeah, I remember when I was a kid, he came and did an appearance in Columbus. I lived in Columbus, Ohio. And he did an appearance. I did not get to go, but one of my friends went. Right. And he, he was just talking about how Every word Lou Ferrigno said sounded exactly the same. He just right. stayed on that same level because he didn't understand yeah, tone and right. and volume. And so he, they kind of explained what his problem was. and
0: uh, But said he was just super nice but just couldn't really talk. I I ran into him. He was at uh, a Dragon Con once when we went down to, to Dragon Con in Atlanta. And he was eating breakfast. We caught him eating breakfast at the Sheraton because that's where oh. we were staying. Yeah. And uh, about four or five plates of food. Just all stacked up right there, and I'm like, he can yeah. eat that way, but I can't. I could yeah. eat that way, but the results would be different for me. Oh
3: gosh, the guy's probably burning ten thousand. <laughs> he can burn it day. off. He I don't
0: out. burn it off. Yeah, that's right. that's the problem. But uh, but yeah, did you know that he was in one of the episodes of the Incredible Hulk? Involved. Uh, he was in one as uh, he just playing a character. He played the Hulk in it, but he played. I a, remember that. I don't know if it was a wrestler or something or a boxer. Yeah. He, play, he played something in it with Bill Bixby, and he was play, he was just playing it as right. Lou Ferrigno, playing a character. And it was uh, it was interesting to see him because as a kid I'm like wait a minute, there's Lou Ferrigno, there's the Hulk too. How's that possible in the same episode? But it was a great show. The Incredible Hulk was a fantastic I Marvel it. show. It I was treated it. more like uh, instead of trying to uh, I think if they'd have went the, the route of fighting supervillains and stuff that it because they didn't have the money to do that right. So they, they, Kenneth Johnson, the producer, great producer, director, writer, Kenneth Johnson. I think he took it upon himself to kind of say, let's 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 mix this with The Fugitive, and make David Banner like The Fugitive on the run for murder that, that he didn't commit. the best commit. thing about that show. And just every now and then, you know he's going to turn into the Hulk twice, every episode, yep. about the same time, and everything was going to turn, off, turn out all right at the end, sort of, but David was going to walk off into the distance with the piano music playing, and it was sad at the or end. that little satchel. That he had to move on, because yeah. <laughs> he's already been the Hulk, and he can't hang around, because reporter Mr. McGee is going to find nah, him if he stays right. in one place. Incredible Hulk. Great memories and a great show. It's BK on there. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to tell you how Hawaiian shirts are making a comeback. Oh, no, not again. I wore them once. I don't want to wear them again. And uh, Walt's going to take a MeTV quiz about private eyes on television. Let's see how well we do it. It's BK on there. Stay tuned. More coming up here with BK
4: on there. Give it up.
2: Podcast Magazine presents the Hot 50 Countdown.
4: Hi, it's Rob Actis, host of the podcast magazine Hot 50 Countdown. Join me as a countdown from 50 to number one, the top 50 podcasts in the land as determined by you, the podcast fans. From true crime, society and culture, self-help, health and fitness, science, and every podcast category in between, the Hot 50 Countdown is here.
0: And don't forget to vote for BK on the Air as one of your favorite podcasts at PodcastMagazine.com.
1: This is William Shatner, and I would like to invite you to take a journey with me into the 21st century. So take the next few minutes and listen very closely. You'll be amazed at what you hear.
2: Oh, love to love you, baby. Oh, love to love you, baby.
0: of summer there. I, the I, I really like this song, especially when I was younger. I don't know why, but I, I love the musical tonality of this song. Why? It started really well done. Yeah. It's, it's a well-written song. I mean, there's something about it that I really like. Don't you agree? I agree. I'm sure you could get this album down to Rock and Shop right down the sidewalk. It's kind of like when my dad would watch Benny Hill. I'm like, I get it. And I watched it, and I'm like, oh, I get it. It's a very, very well shot show. The camera angles were great. Oh, summer there, too. I'd be up here Saturday morning. It's big down there. Got Walt in the darkness here. Hey, Walt. Hello. You're kind of little kind of like you kind of drifted off there while you're looking off into the distance while <laughs> listening to that song just uh it's a great it's a great song it really is you got to admit that it's a well-written song very well production written. value of that song let me do this right quick and then we'll get to your me tv private investigator quiz which is great this is from michael holland from fox news and it's not maybe so much good news as everybody thinks it is hawaiian shirts are making a comeback do you ever have a hawaiian shirt I think I had one you know, back Okay, in do You still have one, do you? I don't think I do. Okay. It certainly would not fit in. Hey, anymore. party animals, your time has come. <laughs> uh, oh, again, goes. maybe? It seems like every summer some new fashion trend takes the world by storm, whether it's some kind of crazy-looking sandal or a type of sunglass. Sunglasses were usually some hot item that everyone needs to wear. This year, yeah, apparently it's Hawaiian shirts again. Mm-hmm. The colorful and uniquely patterned shirts are making a comeback this year. Uh, It says, according to The Hollywood Reporter, the news outlet reports that part of the appeal of the shirts is the wide variety of styles they come in, which allow the wearer more freedom to express themselves. Well, that's always been the case. Why are they coming back? I guess everything comes back eventually. It's like when... uh, When uh, bell bottoms and all those stupid shirts came back, I'm like, I'm not buying them again. I wore them in the 70s. I did my time with that stuff. I don't have to wear them again. Now, this trend was apparently inspired by a shirt recently worn by David Beckham in Miami. Yes, I'm stupid celebrity has to start it i guess you know why can't we start a trend i don't get it the modern hawaiian shirt first appeared in hawaii at some point yeah you think so i would imagine in the 1920s or the 30s smithsonian magazine reports it's believed that the style came from kimono fabric that japanese women adapted into men's shirts well that's believable the shirts apparently hit the mainland not long after that however by the 1940s they had become a fashion staple. It's believed that the shirts' early popularity was due to the fact that they were initially hard to get throughout most of the United States and that they represented a status symbol back in the day. Now, by the 1960s, the shirts had become commonplace and had taken their place in pop culture and were worn by everyone from Elvis Presley all the way to President Richard Nixon. So that's a big, wide... (laughs) Girth there of people. Yeah, I never saw a picture of Nixon wearing a, a, a Hawaiian shirt, but maybe I've seen one. I, of, say, of I never Elvis.
3: really thought of Nixon as a trendsetter. Maybe Elvis
0: wearing one. So, uh, so anyway, <clears throat> Hawaiian shirts. I'm I I don't care for them anymore. So I probably won't get one i usually don't fall for the fads again I'm, i'll I'm do it good. once and that's it yeah no. well it's time to take a quiz we're going to give Walt, since alan isn't here today we'll give walt this quiz our sometimes we pull up me tv the great me tv guys at the at the channel and they have me tv.com and this quiz is right up uh walt's alley because walt people may not realize it when you're not in here helping on air at wbhf or doing the podcast you are actually a real private investigator i you're am a p.i i am a p.i but let's all make it clear. You don't own a Ferrari and you don't have Hawaiian shirts. I do not. And you don't for for some rich guy with Dobermans. I do not. But but if a rich guy with Dobermans wanted to hire you to do something, you'd do it. I would be more than happy. If he wants to pay you. So.
3: No, I do have a uh, a 45
0: <laughs> caliber 1911. <laughs> That's I, all right. Uh, That's understandable. Yeah. I have a mustache. And you have a uh, Nissan Sentra. I do. But you used to have a Nissan Leaf, which was an electric car, right? That's right. So I was styling. That for a just means while. that you're practical and smart. Is That's what that means. Here's the quiz from MeTV: Are these TV sleuths, police detectives, or private investigators? Though uh, most new detective series about police investigators make uh, many classic programs followed private sleuths solving all kinds of mysteries. Show like shows like Hawaii Five O and Magnum PI gave it away in the title. But for others, it can be hard to remember which ones are about actual cops. How well do you know the classic TV detectives? Well, we're going to find out right now with Walt. I'm going to give him the TV detective. You can tell me if he's a private investigator or he works for the police department. You ready? Okay. Here we go. Number one. Is Dragnet's Joe Friday a police detective or a private investigator? He is five zero. He's a cop. He is 5 Police detective. You're right. Of course, you're right on that one. And by the way, when I told you earlier what was my favorite police detective show or detective show, mine is Dragnet. Dragnet's there. great. Fantastic. John. How many spinoffs did they have? Adam-12, emergency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. <clears throat> Here's the next one. Are the women of Charlie's Angels police detectives or private investigators? P. Yeah, I. They are PI. And you would be correct. They are private investigators. And what private investigators they were. Yes, sir. Yeah. Number three, you mentioned this earlier. Columbo. Is Columbo a police detective or a private investigator? Columbo is a police officer. And he was. That's the one I had to think about. I'm like, wait yeah, a minute. I kind of had to, I too. I can't remember. Was he working with the cops? Because all of them usually work with the cops in some way in, in tandem. Number four is Jessica Fletcher from Murder, She Wrote. Oh, Miss uh, Miss uh, uh, what's yes, name? Angela woman. Lansbury was she a police detective or was she a? Uh, a... She oh, a... here's the question: Was she a police detective? Yes or no? No. She was not. You're right. I had to, to word this right so the answer would be right. Number five: Mannix is Joe Mannix, played by Mike Connors, a police detective or a private investigator? That's another yeah. one I had a, 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 a Yeah, I got to think about that one. I think he's a police officer. Hesitation on it. Police detective. You are incorrect. He was a private investigator. Okay. That's okay. I mean, that's one you can miss. That's, a, yeah, that's that, one that miss. I just never watched Manning so much. All uh, right, here's another one. Number six, Kojak with Telly Savalas. He is a police Kojak, officer. Yeah. was a police officer or private He's the detective. detective's detective. You're right. Who loves you, baby? Give me a lollipop. He was awesome. Great Bullfeld in James Bond, too. He was in the oh, lesser known yeah, Blofeld on Her Majesty's Secret yeah. Service. In the in the James Bond film with George Lazenby, you like to call uh, the hippie Bond. That's right, because he, he kind of George was kind of a hippie wasn't he did, man. He? He uh, to... Number seven, Cannon with William Conrad. Was he a police detective or a private investigator? Oh wow! Um, so you start to think about these. You are like, wait a minute. Do I know? I that? know. My gut was <clears throat>
3: that he was a police officer.
0: Yeah. I am not
3: a hundred percent sure.
0: Uh, let's go with the police officer. I'll go police with police detective. Guy. You're incorrect. He was a private investigator. Okay. That was oh, an iffy man, one, too. man, that was so close. Yeah. Uh, William Conrad, another actor. Wow, that voice. He was Matt Dillon in Gunsmoke the yeah, Radio play. He, he was great. He talked for the Long Ranger in, a, in the cartoon Long Ranger. I think he narrated Rocky and Bullwinkle, the cartoon. Oh, that's he right. Was, he was all over yeah. the place. What a legend he was. Jake Gosh, and, I can't believe Jake I and, and the one. Fat Man. Yeah, he was I think great. It was his later show. And, yeah. and Nero Wolf was another show he oh, had that I yeah. completely forgot about. Number eight, A Team. Cagney and Lacey, are they police, police detectives or private investigators? They are police detectives. They are police detectives. You're right, because even from the title sequence, you can tell when they're running around with their badge. Yes. Number nine, older show, uh, a show long before the FBI with Ephraim Zimberlis Jr., 77 Sunset Strip. I don't know if you remember that, but uh, my dad remembered it. Were they police detectives or were they private investigators? I think they were police detectives. You are incorrect. They were private investigators. That's okay. You can miss that one. Yeah, that was a <clears>
3: – <throat> I don't even know that I've ever watched an episode of that.
0: Robert T. – here's the next question. Robert T. Ironside with Raymond Burr went from being Perry yeah, Mason to he, Ironside. He was a PI. Was he a PI or a police department detective? Yeah, he, he was a PI. Uh, Police department or private cl- – oh, wait a minute. Here's the question. How are they – is technically a consultant for a police department or private clients? Uh, yes, he's a police department. You are correct. Uh, that is what you Wait, said, he, right? He was a consultant? Yeah, the question is, Robert T. Ironside is technically a consultant for a police department or private clients. Which makes him a PI. Which makes him <laughs> a private police department. Uh, number 11, Chester from Gunsmoke, Dennis Weaver. He was also Sam McLeod. Did Sam McLeod work for a police force or as a private investigator on McLeod? Mr. Cowboy. Uh, yeah, I think he was a PI, right? Private investigator? Yeah he was not he was a police detective he good worked, grief i'm really not doing well yeah, on it's okay this. don't worry about it. you're usually doing better than alan does just because we watch more old shows right uh number 12 oh you should you should i don't even shouldn't even ask you this one is jim rockford a police detective or private hey, investigator? My think about PI. it think about this better think about that one yeah let me let me uh p.i on you'd right jim Rockford. It's Jim Rockford. Leave your name and number, and I'll get back to you. His Jim whole, Rockford
3: may be the closest thing to a real PI. <laughs> that's, that's, ever been yeah, on TV. that's coming from you. Exactly. Never getting paid. <laughs> Boring. Boring. Just to get beat get up, up. every night. <laughs> I don't remember
0: you getting beat up. You got to tell me about. I had of that. one or two Can you talk about tussles? It? Number thirteen. Oh, uh, uh, a um, Blake Edwards show here. Blake Edwards. Peter Gunn. Dun dun dun. dun, dun oh dun, yeah. Dun. Remember Peter Gunn? I think it was who played Peter Gunn? Was it Leslie Stevens? I can't remember the guy's name. Was Peter Gunn a private investigator or a police I'll detective? I'll just
3: take a shot at this
0: one. Uh, let's go P.I. Okay. P- detective taking a shot. That scares me. Okay. Oof. You are right. He was a private eye. How about that? So uh, you got seven out of 13. Looks like a few answers went up in Oof. smoke. Better not next time it says. That's okay. I guess I got to brush up on my P.I. Uh, That's my not bad p. at all. I'm yeah. Well, hey, we've come to the end of the show. That's it. That's crazy, man! Five hours of radio. Bye at warp speed. Thank you for being here today. Hope you had a good time. I know I did. Absolutely happy, happy ing in your, in your. I sounded weird. Happy private investigating, in your investigating. It's BK on the air. We'll see everyone on the on the podcast, on Twitter, on Facebook, and all those places out there. We can hear it and groovy.